This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, November 27th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. The low-income housing tax credit is supposed to spur developers to create more low-cost housing, but the subsidy fails on a number of metrics. Vanessa Brown-Calder and Chris Edwards discuss their new report and why the subsidy needs to go away sooner than later. Ben Carson, who is the uh, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, uh, recently tweeted... The low-income housing tax credit is one of the most effective tools we have to create affordable housing. So um, how does this tax credit work? Well, right now in uh, Congress, we're going through a process of trying to eliminate unneeded tax credits and various breaks for corporations and uh, and other folks. And uh, Vanessa Brown Calder and I think that uh, – Eliminating the low-income housing tax credit should be uh, it should be on the chopping block for Republicans. It's complex and costly, and we don't really need it in the tax code. All right. So how does how does it function, Vanessa? So it's a complicated process, and we could probably spend an entire podcast just talking about the low-income housing tax credit and how it works. But in a nutshell, it is a supply-side subsidy, and it's about a $9 billion supply-side subsidy last I checked, which all that means, I know that's economics jargon, it just means that it is a program which subsidizes the construction of housing rather than subsidizing low-income tenants directly. Okay. Well, right. So the supply side, meaning the the construction, what is the difference between a subsidy on the demand side and a subsidy on the supply side? So on the demand side, it's about providing, in some cases, a voucher to low-income tenants. So that's what the housing voucher program does that is one of the larger um, low-income housing subsidies that's out there. On the supply side, as I mentioned, it's about housing construction, and that's what the low-income housing tax credit tries to do. So the low-income housing tax credit, in a nutshell, functions like this. The Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, provides, allocates tax credits to housing finance authorities at the state level. And those housing finance authorities then take the tax credit and they allocate it to qualifying projects. So Developers. Developers, exactly. So they go through a process. They decide which developers or which projects are the best in their minds, and they have all sorts of ways of deciding that, and there's lots of paperwork involved, and um, Chris may speak to some of that. And then once that's all said and done, the developer will take the tax credit and it will sell the tax credit to an equity investor. And that may be something like a corporation or a bank, and it usually is. 95% of tax credits are obtained by corporations. Um, Only 5% go to individuals. And that corporation provides the developer with equity for their project, and it will use the tax credit to write down their taxes over a 10-year period. That's how LIHTC works. So the tax credit sounds like uh, collateral. I mean, that's what it sounds like. If they're providing it to uh, some investor, uh, the investor gets it and then provides capital. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay, so how does that translate into affordable housing? 
Well, so the developer will take the equity or the dollar amount associated with those credits, and it will use it to build its affordable housing project. So it's pretty simple. Okay, so the the, the project, the entire project, must be affordable housing. No, so there's actually two tests. Um, there's a 2050 test and there's a 4060 test. So this is getting a little more into the weeds. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Developers either have to meet the 2050 test, which says that 20% of the units in the development project are rent capped at 50% of the area median income, or they could qualify through the 4060 test, which says that 40% of units are rent capped at 60% of area median income. So only a portion of the total development is affordable units. Chris Edwards, this sounds enormously complicated, and it's not clear to me that it actually uh, benefits low-income people. Well, basically, the developers take these uh, subsidies, and um, they, they build these buildings, and then they have to keep uh, rent at uh, at lower uh, capped at lower levels for 30 years, and that's where a lot of the bureaucratic costs come in. So the the building owners and government uh, bureaucrats have to keep tabs on every single one of these millions of units that is built for 30 years to make sure that the tenant, you know, has a low enough income and he's only paying so much rent and his family structure is this and there's, you know, there's all kinds of details. The, the, the credit is so complicated that one of the accounting firms that deals with the credit publishes an annual guide to the credit 1400 pages long it's unbelievable state governments impose uh, these all these massive micromanagement regulations on how these housing units need to be uh, built uh, state governments have these big bureaucracies to hand out these tax credits and then one of the biggest problems that we found is the uh, the fraud and the potential for fraud at the state and local level the basic issue, is, is that the uh, state and local governments get these credits from the federal government, then there's a big demand for them. And so all these developers want them. And so it, you're, you're opening uh, up local government officials to bribes. And indeed, in city after city, uh, Los Angeles and Dallas and Miami have had these big corruption uh, uh, scandals where these developers uh, bribe uh, city politicians to get these uh, tax credits. So it, what's going on here is a federal government subsidy program is encouraging corruption and bad uh, government at the local level. So you guys write in your, your brief here uh, of the states that have to set up these bureaucracies to administer the tax credits. California spends $8.2 million a year, Kansas $1.5 million, Oregon $1.7 million. That's, uh, that could be providing a lot of housing if you were just to give a cash subsidy to uh, individuals seeking housing. That's right. So that brings us to actually another point in our report, which is that because this process, as we've described, and we just kind of gave you the quick version, it's very complicated and it's very expensive. Because of that, actually what happens is that the value of the tax credit is eroded through that process. Over time, little pieces of it are obtained by all of these different groups and um, individuals that are involved with allocating and with uh, financing the affordable housing project. And in 
when you look at the numbers of that, actually only a third of the total benefit seems to actually go to the low-income housing tenant. And about two-thirds, that leaves about two-thirds of the benefit, which is being captured by lawyers, accountants, financial intermediaries, and developers, among other groups. Um, actually, economist Ed Olson over at the University of Virginia notes that many of the LIHTC projects have a lot of subsidies coming in. They don't just rely on LIHTC. And once you account for that, it looks like low-income tenants are only receiving a quarter of the total project, uh, the total LIHTC project subsidy. So that's concerning because this is, even if you are somebody who is really a proponent of federal um, federal housing subsidies, and you think that that's an important function of the federal government, which I'm not sure that either Chris or I would put ourselves in that category. But even if you are, there should be some concern about how this is actually translating into a subsidy for the people that it's intended for. And it doesn't seem to be doing that very well. Chris, you mentioned uh, bribery and how the, 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 the scarcity of these tax cuts and how developers seem to be clamoring to get them uh, creates opportunities for that, for that kind of corruption. But what are, what are the other uh, areas where we see some kinds of corruption related to the tax credit? Well, the basic problem with the, the tax credits are that uh, these developers, uh, you know, they go to the local government and they say, we have this $10 million um, apartment project uh, we want tax credits for. The, and the government gives them the $10 million in tax credits. But the building might only actually really cost them $8 million. The developers have an incentive to inflate the costs that they tell the government, and they have no incentive to keep the costs down. So there's a huge problem that these low-income housing projects actually cost a lot more than than projects for low-income uh, people in private, uh, in private unsubsidized markets. So the the, uh, the the developers they they have an incentive to inflate their costs and in places uh, the bribery uh, is really kind of remarkable. So the the Los Angeles uh, scandal, this big uh, developer called ADI, and built dozens of affordable housing projects for uh, the state of California. They they spent four hundred thousand dollars on campaign contributions to politicians over a short period of time to get these tax credits that are usually valuable to them, um, and they and then they say and they they pocket extra profits because the the projects don't really cost that much. I actually love this quote, which I don't think we actually ended up including in the report, but a U.S. assistant attorney in Florida who is investigating some fraud cases there said that the low-income housing tax credit is a program of trust. And what he meant by that is not that the people running the low-income housing tax credit are doing it in a trustworthy way, what he meant is that we just hope that it works because there's no oversight to it. Nobody actually knows if people are doing it in an honest way or not. And so it's a program of trust as a result of that. So you write in the report, NPR interviewed Assistant U.S. Attorney Michael Sherwin, uh, who spent years investigating uh, LIHTC, L-I-H-T-C. And the, the other quote here is, this program has been described as a subterranean ATM and only the developers know the pin, which seems a pretty pretty damning. So how does it compare to other ways we might, the, way, the ways that the feds do or might uh, assist low-income people with housing? 
Well, it's a lot more expensive. It seems to be a lot more expensive, and it also seems to be a lot less direct way. So housing vouchers, for example, the Government Accountability Office looked at housing vouchers as compared with the low-income housing tax credit, and they found that housing vouchers were a little were about 19 to 44 percent less expensive on a per-unit basis than LIHTC units were. Um, and... As I mentioned before, and I think it's a really important point, whereas with housing vouchers, the majority of that credit is going to the tenant and then they use it and they or that voucher is going to the tenant and then they use it for rent. Um, this process just erodes away the value of the benefit to the point where the tenant is actually left with just a minority stake in the total value of the credit. And that's a problem. So demand side subsidies like the housing voucher tend to be much more effective ways of subsidizing affordable housing for low-income tenants. Although here at the Cato Institute, we don't think the federal government ought to be subsidizing housing one way or the other. I mean, if cities and state governments want to do that, we don't think it's a good idea, but it really should be up to to them. There's a basic federalism issue here. Uh, we believe that the, the Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development ought to be uh, completely abolished. This is not a federal responsibility. But I think what Vanessa is saying is, uh, you know, even amongst the whole range of housing subsidies we have, this tax credit subsidy is the worst. It's the most costly. It subsidizes corporations that don't need the subsidies. It encourages fraud and corruption and complexity. Uh, it's really a bad program of all the array of, of housing programs. So, uh, Vanessa, you and I have talked in the past, and uh, uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm putting words in your mouth or not, but the idea, of, to me, the idea is that uh, federal housing subsidies especially those targeted to low-income people, effectively is a subsidy to states and localities that have restrictive zoning that drive up the cost of housing. That's exactly right. So one of the things that we mentioned in this report is that a more effective alternative to LIHTC is um, well, first, before you even decide what that alternative is, we need to think about what is LIHTC trying to do? What is it trying to accomplish? LIHTC is fundamentally trying to provide to produce greater a greater supply of affordable housing. That's what it's trying to do. But there are other ways to do that. And in fact, we as citizens of the United States and in our local cities and in our local and in our states, we erect barriers all the time to doing exactly that thing, which is increasing the supply of affordable housing. And so this is something that we can definitely do something about. We could eliminate LIHTC and we could much more effectively and much more directly increase the supply of affordable housing by eliminating some of these zoning and land use regulations which constrain housing supply and drive up the housing cost. So should states be prohibiting developers from using this tax credit? I mean, one... The state has to engage in a lot of bureaucratic spending in order to support the tax credit. I don't think that states will ever agree to um, doing that, This is right? free money. They, they view it as free money for the most part? States virtually never uh, turn down federal subsidies, either spending subsidies or tax subsidies, unfortunately. Chris Edwards and Vanessa Brown Calder are authors of the new Cato Report on the Low-Income Housing Tax Credit. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>